Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today, actually this afternoon I was out for a bit of a walk and I had two podcasts in mind I wanted to do. One of them I've already done now, which was on the Dodgers and spending and the penalties for going over limits. And the other idea I had was on talking about losing trades. Losing trades. Some trades are wonderful for one side. Some trades are horrible for another side. Some trades work out perfectly well for both sides. But I want to talk about specifically losing trades. Before I get into that, I want to talk about one trade that really worked for both teams. At the end of it all, when you look back at stuff, it's like, you know, that trade really worked well for both teams. In 1984, the Cubs were making a run at their first postseason appearance in 88 trillion years. I'd have to check my notes, but no, 1945, the Cubs had been in the postseason. They had not been in the postseason since, including 1969, which was kind of gut-wrenching. 1984, they had a chance to make the playoffs, and right before the trade deadline, which was in June then, Cubs made a trade and dealt away their 1982 first-round draft pick, Joe Carter, plus some other players, and got back in return Rick Sutcliffe. It worked very well for Cleveland, who had Joe Carter for a number of years. He did very well, cost control, blah, 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 small market, yeah, 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 yeah. For the Cubs, Sutcliffe gave them a guy that saw to it that they won the 1984 NL East and got them to the playoffs. While that didn't finish the um, finish the journey, finish the trip, finish the trip up the mountain, however you want to look at it, without doing something in 84, the Cubs would have needed a year to do 1984 again. They needed to have that year where uh, we made the playoffs. And then they had a couple other years where they didn't do a whole lot. But 1984 was very important for the Cubs. The trade also helped the Indians. It is completely legitimate to have a trade that works well for both sides. Someone could make the argument that the Aroldis Chapman for Glaber Torres trade worked out well for both sides. The argument could be made. But this podcast is about four ways you can lose a trade. Four ways you can lose a trade. And I'm going to start with number one, doing something completely nonsensical. Back in 1998, Eight, the Cubs were uh, middling and they were trying to make the postseason 
They made a trade. They obtained a relief pitcher who had, at the time, in that season, a 5.15 ERA. 5.15. Now, I know nowadays ERA is passe, and a lot of people want to talk about fielding independent pitching or whatever it is that people are talking about. 5.15 ERA at the time of the trade for that season. Matt Karchner was acquired in July of 1998 for the Cubs' number one pick in 1997, John Garland, who was the 10th pick in the draft. Let me run by that one more time. A 5.15 ERA relief pitcher traded for a 1997 10th round pick. Yikes. John Garland went on to a career wins above of over 20. Matt Karchner was bad in 1998. He was actually fairly good in 1999. Was really bad in 2000. And that was all she wrote nonsensical how that even made any remote sense at the time i have no idea i wasn't really paying attention to trades all that much in 1998 i don't specifically remember why i wasn't paying attention then but i have been informed that the people who knew things were all over that trade from the get-go This is a completely stupid trade. Doing something nonsensical is the easiest way to lose a trade. Number two, misreading your talent. Now I will go back to a legendary trade that a lot of people like to criticize. And I will criticize it here, but I will not say it is one of the worst trades in Cubs history because really it wasn't. The Lou Brock for a various number of Cardinals. Ernie Brolio was in there. There were a couple of, couple of guys going both ways. The trade at the time didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Um, Ernie Brolio's arm was done. It was done if there were physicals done back then, like physicals are done now, the trade probably would have been voided because Ernie Brolio's arm was finished. It was kaput. But there really weren't physicals back then. They didn't do MRIs. They didn't do any of that stuff. And the Cubs, you know, it, it just didn't work. The problem wasn't Ernie Brolio, though. The problem was the Cubs did not know what they had in Lou Brock. They wanted Lou Brock to be a swing for the fences type. Try to hit home runs. Try to hit home runs like Billy Williams does, like Ron Santo does, like Ernie Banks does. Hit home runs like those guys do. And there were times when he could. When he got to the Cardinals, the Cardinals said, don't, don't try to hit home runs. You're not a home run hitter. Hit the ball on the ground, hit it to the 
uh, 5.5 hole, make the shortstop have to go over, grab the ball deep in the hole, plant, you're safe. You're safe. Now you're on first base, steal second. Now you're on second base. Now the other team is just a, a gog because, okay, now how, and then somebody singles them in. The Cubs wanted Lou Brock to be something he was not. The Cubs misread their talent. If the Cubs knew what to do with Lou Brock, he would have been much better with the Cubs. The Cubs would not have traded him. He would have already been doing the things that he would eventually do with St. Louis. The Cubs misread their talent. That's why that was a bad trade. Uh, way three of losing a, a trade. Misread their talent. One of the last Cubs the trade, one of the last Cubs the trades made, one of the last trades the Cubs made last year, it might have even been the last one, I don't know, uh, Jose Martinez for two players to be named later, one of whom ended up being Pedro Martinez, who is a really good shortstop who probably should have been starting for South Bend in 2021. But the Cubs traded him for Jose Martinez, who was um, bad. He was bad. The Cubs were expecting Martinez to come over and hit well. I was expecting Jose Martinez to come over and hit well. Jose Martinez came over and was bad. He was bad. He was 0 for 20, whatever. And a lot of them were strikeouts. And by the end, he didn't even really look that close to being close to out of it. Maybe if he would have gotten a couple hits, he would have gotten a hot streak going, but he was bad. The Cubs misread Jose Martinez and it didn't work. The fourth way to lose a trade is to miss, uh, is to guess the wrong result. Guess the wrong result. And now I'm going to go to one that a lot of people will disagree with me on. They will say this was a fantastic trade. I will say it was a bad trade because the Cubs misread and guessed the wrong result. The Nick Castellanos trade. Nick Castellanos, if the Cubs would have analytically assessed the situation they were in, the team as it was, and their financial situation. They would have realized Nick Castellanos, for all of his ability, is a rental. He was not going to be able to sign with the Cubs because the Cubs were not going to be able to create enough room to be able to sign him. The Cubs were getting to a point where Tom Ricketts was limiting how much they were going to be able to spend. And, the, oh yeah, we'll be able to find a way to sign him. We'll be, no, the Cubs did not, they were not even remotely close. They kept pushing it back and pushing it back. If they would have been able to trade Anthony, or if they would have been able to trade Jason Hayward, or they would have been able to trade Tyler Chetwood, or they would have been able to trade this guy or that guy or the other guy, then they would have had room to add Nick Castellanos. But they did not. They misread the situation. They guessed the wrong result. So because of that, 
they ended up trying. I'm going to have to check to see how um, Paul Richin is doing. Uh, Paul Richin was the player that I was actually more interested in. Alex Lang has pitched in Major League Ball for Detroit. Um, not exactly sure how either one of them is doing. Paul Richin, if still in the Cubs system, would have been a starter at Iowa this year. And instead of force-feeding all the pitchers that they have had to force-feed into the rotation, they could have started Paul Richin, and he might have done okay. Uh, might have, might not have. But he would have been a realistic have um, for the longer term. So, let's look back at the recent Cubs trades, but not from a Cubs perspective. Because from a Cubs perspective, it is horrible to look at the Cubs trades. So, let's look at it because we are human beings and we can separate ourselves from our emotions on occasion. How do the trades look from the other team's perspective. First off, we will start with Bryce Ball for Jack Peterson. One of the things the Braves said, I saw this written, it is possible, they said, if we fall apart between now and then, that we could trade Jack Peterson before the deadline and get back more than we gave away or come pretty darn close to it. Well, they didn't try. Uh, I don't know. Well, they didn't do it. I don't know if they tried or not. I guess they're still in the race. Um, if you're giving up Bryce Ball for Jack Pe I just don't see how Jack Peterson is going to make a difference over half a season to make the Braves a better team. I, I really don't see it giving up Bryce Ball to have Jack Peterson possibly help them make the division. I, I don't know. Unless they were completely over Bryce Ball, I wouldn't consider it a horrible misread of either side's talent. But I, I think there's a decent case of guessing the wrong result. I really don't see how Jack Peterson is going to make over a win a uh, over a win of difference for the rest of the year and I don't see the Braves being that good. But if they are and the Braves do win the division, then the Mets trade was horrible, horrible, because Javier Baez and Trevor Williams, yikes, um, they could put them over the top in the NL East, but I really don't see either of the NL East teams being, well, look at it. If a team wins the National League East, the team that wins the National League East is either going to get the Dodgers, the Giants, or the Brewers. Well, in a short season, anybody can, anybody can win. Well, yeah, but I really don't see the Mets or the Braves beating the Brewers or the Dodgers 
or the Giants. And if you're not going to win something in October, if you're not going to win something in October, Pete Crow Armstrong's a huge give up. Pete Crow Armstrong is a monstrous give up if the Mets don't win. And either way, the Mets or the Braves, one of them is almost certainly to have misread the situation because they're both not going to make the playoffs. One of them will, one of them won't. And unless one of them turns it on, figures it out, puts it together, whatever whatever axiom you want, that's going to be a rather huge give up. Um, jump to the A's. The A's have a tendency to give up prospects willingly to try to keep the window open. Um, I get that. I get why. I understand why. Greg Dykeman and Paul... I'm forgetting his name. I have to make a card for him. Um, Daniel Palencia. Probably a moderately large give up if the A's don't make the playoffs. Astros are going to win the division. So then what you're looking at is the Astros are going to win that division. The Red Sox or the Rays, neither of whom got any 2021 Cubs, are going to win the AL East almost certainly. So then it's a race between all the other teams, the Mariners and the Yankees and the Razor Red Sox, whichever team doesn't win it. it, There's a whole batch of teams if the Yankees, with Anthony Rizzo, who has been guiding their team recently, one of the Mets fans, or one of the Yankees fans I follow on Twitter is absolutely... I, I, I told her tonight that she ought to start putting hashtag Cubs because she's, we got to extend this guy. We got to extend this guy. We've got to extend this guy. Um, just sounding exactly like a Cubs fan. If the Yankees don't win anything in October, they win the wild card, but get eliminated in the first round. Anthony Rizzo gets them to the wild card, but they don't advance to the LD, uh, to the uh, LCS. They gave up for Anthony Rizzo. Alexander Vizcaino and Kevin Alcantara. Now tonight I listened to Alexander Vizcaino I wasn't horribly impressed. He was way too ball one, ball two, strike one, ball three, foul ball, ball four, ball one, ball two, strike one, ball one, or ball three, home run. He he was he was pulling teeth, pulling taffy. He was very very difficult to listen to, very difficult to watch. Um but still, if you're giving up Kevin Alcantara and Alexander Vizcaino for winning a 
um, wild card game or not winning a wild card game, that's an awfully huge give. That is guessing the wrong result. It's perfectly fine to trade prospects. It's perfectly understandable to trade prospects. The prospects that you're going to trade are going to be the ones that other teams consider valuable. You're not going to be able to trade, oh, they should have traded Jason Hayward, or they should have traded Jake Arrieta. Nobody wants them. Their contracts are too expensive and their production is too low. Nobody wants them. What teams want are prospects that have long-term value. If the Yankees gave up Kevin Alcantara for one postseason win or zero postseason wins, that is guessing the wrong result. The Giants, I think their give made sense. The Giants lead the NL West and have two good teams chasing them. In adding Chris Bryant, they very well may have put themselves over the top in winning the NL West and getting either a two or a one seed in the postseason. Even if that doesn't play out to reaching the World Series, reaching the LCS, they were in a situation where it kind of made sense to make a gamble. It's not they were an elite team, but they were the top seed at the time. Trading two realistic prospects for Chris Bryant was not nonsensical. I don't think they misread their prospects. I don't think they misread Chris Bryant. And even if they don't end up winning, they didn't guess the wrong result. It could be they get into the postseason and lay an egg. But that's not a case of it was a bad trade. There are things, it's like back in the day, have you ever played the game um, in between? Get the 52 card deck, ace to deuce, ace is high, deuce is low. And my dad, back, 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 back in the day, had... An ace-deuce. Maybe it was an ace-three. Ace-deuce, ace-three. And the, game, the goal with in-between is you have to wager on if the card is going to come up in between the two. You have to guess a certain amount, but you can gamble more if you decide you want to. So if, for instance, um, a nine and a six come up, you're gambling on it being a seven or an eight probably not going to gamble a whole lot on that. So the, the pot grows, the pot grows, the pot lessens, the pot grows, the pot lessens, the pot grows, the pot grows. My dad had an ace deuce. He bet the farm on it. And he didn't win. 
He made the right wager. It just didn't cash. The Giants trading for Bryant, that from the perspective of the teams that made trades for Cubs players, that trade made the most sense. Regardless what the players that come over to the Cubs do, I'm liking Alexander Canario a whole lot more than I did five days ago. Even though um, Caleb Killian's outing today was very brief, I liked what I heard because I heard 95. I hadn't necessarily heard people saying 95 being a legitimate option for Caleb Killian. The Giants trade, it made sense. They knew what they were giving up. They knew what they were getting back. And it gives them a very legitimate shot at a one or two slot in the West, even though the Dodgers and the Padres are nipping at their heels. That trade made a whole lot of sense for them. When assessing trades, it's really easy to look at it from your team's perspective only. It's really easy to go into the very emotional angle of, well, I like that guy, so we should not have traded him. It's very easy to go into that. It's very understandable why people do. A good way to assess trades is to, after you've looked at it from your team's perspective, take a drink, ice water, tea, Kool-Aid, Shasta, whatever. Walk around the block, clear your brain, then sit down and look at it from the other team's perspective. Is this a trade that will probably help your team, in this case, the other team, get to the postseason and have a certain level of postseason success? If yes, then very possibly the trade makes sense, even if it doesn't end up working because it's not a requirement that something has to work out to have made sense. Betting an 11-2, betting, uh, betting an ace-2, betting an ace-3 in, in between, you do that. You bet everything. You bet the pot. If you bet the pot because it's the logical thing to do and it ends up coming back that you end up losing and your bride-to-be is really mad because you just lost some money wagering on poker, well, yeah, that ends up being a story that gets brought up a number of times through the years. But still, you did the right thing. It just didn't pay.
when you're making trades, make sure that it makes sense. Read your talent properly. Read their talent properly. And guess the right result as close as you can. Because once you make the trade, there are no um, takebacks. Once the trade is made, the White Sox aren't going to give John Garland back for Matt Karchner. That made absolutely no sense. Matt Karchner was not a good relief pitcher. John Garland was the top pitcher, top pick the last draft and was the 10th pick in the draft. That was stupid. Making trades a lot of times will benefit both teams, though not always. When you're assessing a trade before it happens, when you, if you're doing fake trades, does this make sense? Am I properly reading both sides of the equation as far as talent? Am I predicting a good result? If you're drawing to, let's say, you have a 4% chance of making the postseason. If you make this trade, you bump it all the way up to a 7% chance of making the postseason. And you're giving a top 8 or 10 prospect, that's probably a really bad trade because you're not improving your chances much at all. But you are giving away a valid piece of your future. And if somebody in your top 8 or 10 isn't a valid piece of your future, then you ought to be firing somebody because your front office, your uh, developmental squad is doing horribly because you have to do better than that. Assess trades patiently, cautiously. And after they've been done, ask questions. Did this make sense? Did both sides properly read both sides of talent? Did the right result get guessed? Ask the questions constantly as you go through time. As you go through time, if, for instance, the Braves end up seven and a half out of first place, Jack Peterson didn't help him enough. That was not a good trade. Back in 2014, the Braves, again, thought they had one final chance at postseason success. One final chance. They ended up trading for James Russell. James Russell? Yeah. Jeff was his dad. James Russell and um I'm not going to remember the guy's name. Hang on a tick. James Russell and Emilio Bonifacio. The Braves had an 
outside chance of putting everything together and making the postseason in July of 2014. And they decided to go for it one final time. And they traded, traded for James Russell and Emilio Bonifacio. As soon as those two players arrived in town, the entire Atlanta Braves team rolled over and played dead. They were absolutely terrible from then on. And it was legendary how poorly they played in 2014 once that trade was made. They were absolutely terrible. And with that trade, the Cubs acquired Victor Caratini. The Braves in the Emilio Bonifacio trade made a bad read. They lost Victor Caratini for the future for having done that. Occasionally I talk about drawing to an inside straight. An inside straight, I think you get like one time out of 12, something like that. Ballpark figure. So yeah, if you're trying to, well, there's a chance this might work. Well, it's like an 8% chance because that's really not going to happen very often. Basically it. One out of 12 is about an 8% chance, 8, 9% chance. It's not going to happen very often. Trades should be made when there's a legitimate chance that the team could possibly turn around and do well because of it. Anthony Rizzo has been fantastic with the Yankees. And he might sign an extension with the Yankees, which would Torque a lot of Cubs fans, I know. Um, but the goal with deadline trades is, is our team actually good enough to turn it around and make the postseason? If they legitimately are, then making a trade is very possibly... A good idea. If the team is done, but they just haven't figured it out yet, then it's probably more sensible, more logical, and a whole lot less popular to do kind of what the Cubs did. Kind of what the Cubs did. Realize, yeah, we're probably not going to get anything done this year. So find the pieces that will trade, trade them, and get future pieces in return. It's not popular. It's very unpopular. But it's probably the wise thing to do. The Cubs made the right decision this time to largely trade off pieces that would trade. And it hurts and it sucks, but I've already heard a couple of people who hated the trades, hated the trades. Hey, I kind of like this Janesh Fargus guy. That was a really nice story he made. Hey, this Manny Rodriguez guy, he's kind of okay. He might be able to be a closer at some point. 
yeah, it's going to be a long period of adjustment. And fans don't necessarily guess right a whole lot of times on certain things. But um, assessing trades is a long-term thing. And people don't like to think necessarily in long-term sorts of mindsets. The Cubs made the right moves, generally, this July. The question is, did the other teams, did the other teams assess their talent properly, assess the Cubs' talent properly, do things that were logical, and guess the right result? As for that, we will find out. If the Yankees missed the playoffs and they gave up Kevin Alcantara to do so, that might not be a good thing over the long haul. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe, be nice to others, and have a fantastic Thursday.